1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Sometimes Weekly from the Holiday Distillery up here in Weston, Missouri. We're down at the Event Center. Beautiful space. If you ever have a chance to check it out, this is a fun place to come get the tour, and they will take care of you up at the Holiday Distillery. But we have a special guest, as you can see, somebody that Chiefs fans will obviously be familiar with, in Bobby Stroop. Now, Bobby, you and I have known each other over the years since Patrick Mahomes obviously been drafted. So why most... Chiefs fans will know who you are for that, but uh, president and founder of APEC, of Athletic uh, Performance Enhancement Center, down in um, two locations, down in Tyler and in Fort Worth, uh, but also a new resident to the Kansas City area. And that's where I want to start talking with you and I appreciate you for joining us. But um,
2: how's life as a Kansas Cityan? It's been great. I mean, it's been as advertised, and you hear about Midwest hospitality and um, being a visitor of the city. You know, I've ha- I had great experiences here and people are very welcoming and um it's been it's been amazing very very few times in my life has something been as i as i thought it would be or as Mm -hmm. expected and kansas city has lived up to its It's and it's a great place and we're we're blessed to be here it's been a good move for us
1: and i remember when i was talking through that with you and and you've been you were so established and entrenched in the in the dallas fort worth area with everything and the success that you've had uh with apec up over 100 players, I believe I read, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, and it's probably not stuff you like to pat yourself on the back about, but uh, you had so much success. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes, and we'll get to Bobby Witt in a little bit too, somebody you're familiar with that you've helped. But how difficult was that a move for you and for your family to leave a place that you're so comfortable with to move to a new location? I'm glad it's working out. I'm glad it's everything that uh, you were hoping that it would be for you and your family, but just how difficult of a decision was that for you?
2: You know, we got to a point where it, it actually wasn't, that difficult, you know, I, I'm one of those people that loves, loves a challenge and I want to make impact. And we got to a point at APEC where, you know, my impact, the impact that I could make within that company at that point within my company was investing in my coaches and my people because it was more secondhand impact to the people directly from when I started it. And that began to, begin to feel a certain way. And what I realized is, is that I needed, I needed to empower them and get out of the way in order to help them take the next step as a company and I have some really good people that have been with me over a decade. And uh, my brother is, is running the company from the business side. And I didn't have ambitions to do some things that the company did want to do. And mm-hmm. what I found myself doing was more consulting in, in just the general space of sport performance. And I found that that was consuming my time. And it was frustrating some of the people mm-hmm. I worked with. And it was frustrating my family a little bit because I was trying to do too much of both. And yeah. I found that I enjoyed the consulting a lot and I was able to make a, a massive impact and be more efficient with my time and my family and that really led us down this path and that, that's really where it came from.
1: When you were going through that decision and you're coming to Kansas City it's not just because of the relationship with Patrick Mahomes and right. just because of Bobby Witt but that you are bringing your business and some of the stuff that you do to the Kansas City area just what does that look like for you over the next few years and obviously working with those guys but just in general with the bigger part of your business just what does that look like and and how is that a benefit to Kansas City with what you have going on?
2: Yeah, That's a good question. I think a lot of that's to be determined. You know, for, for us, it was more or less dividing up my time. Um, where, where, where was I going to be from a time standpoint? Where could I spend the most time with my family? And where is a place that I can make impact? And Kansas City, as you know, is such a good location to be able to get around the country very quickly, um, easy access to the airport and to, to be able to fly places that I may need to go uh but also the the opportunities here i mean the love for sports here, the type of people here um I did need some physical separation from my business to to not be overly involved in <laughs> things that I'm passionate about, and I needed to make sure to go all in on this consulting side and and i haven't it's it's been it's been great yeah it really is. how is
1: the the stepping away is that a bit as easy or as difficult as you thought it would be to to build this thing, and I know your passion we 've talked about it about how much you put into that and that it wasn 't always a smooth ride and, and oh, being no. a business owner and going through those right. kind of ups and downs. How easy has it
2: been for you to step away you know I think it 's difficult in a lot of ways in some ways it 's really easy right <laughs> so um, when you have people that have been working for you for a long time that are like, oh, I just wish I could do this. And they're like, great, let's see, let's do it then. And then now at this point, it's kind of fun. You know, you don't want to watch your people struggle, but now you get some phone calls and it's like, now I know why you did this, you know, <laughs> and, and it, I don't need the pat on the back, but it's, 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 it's fun to kind of see them go through some of these thought processes and things that I had systems in place for, but now <clears throat> they're coming to me with solutions that are better. And they're coming to me with ideas. And I'm able, since I'm not emotionally attached to some of these situations anymore, I'm able, able to give better uh, advice being on the other side of it. And it's been super healthy for our company and all the people that are working for me and for us. It's been great.
1: Yeah. one Again, I keep saying it, but one of the things we've talked about because you've helped me in running a small business and trying to get this thing going that seems like the the more responsibility, the bigger things get, the more it is that servant kind of attitude that you're looking out for other people. And it's cool to hear you talk about kind of the the change for you and having to physically step away so your people can grow in that way. And that that's a really, really cool message. And um, one of the things that I got to ask you about because it's one of the things that fascinated me in working with the Chiefs and being around the guys, and I think for the six years I was there, the, the biggest takeaway I have, and the one thing that I'll always take with me when it's new guys and the players that I know you know come and go and all that, but the amount of time that these guys put into not just going to practice or sitting in a meeting or going to OTAs in the offseason, all that stuff. But even the stuff that they do individually on their own, you know, getting their bodies ready um, in the offseason or during the season, the maintenance to get their bodies ready to play. Even when they're healthy, it's just getting it, you know, prepared to go and perform at their best each week. And for Patrick Mahomes, a guy that, you know, the first time you and I spoke, it was after he got drafted. And you told me the story, and I've told the story about a hundred times of him coming up to you at the party you know, and saying, hey, I got to get a workout in before we fly to Kansas City tomorrow. The night he was drafted at his draft party, he's worried about getting his workout in the next morning before he flies to Kansas City. And it always stood with me of being like, okay, that's mentally how this guy is wired. But for you, can you just talk a little bit about what you've seen from Patrick from the moment he was drafted in that mindset to where he is right now about how to to be a professional and to take care of his body in that way to get to where he can play at a level that we've never seen from a player at this point in his career?
2: Well, I think there's a, there's a combination of a lot of factors and it, a lot of it, it has to start with where he came from, from a standpoint of he's got a unique perspective on life and the environments that he's been in are very unique. And he's had leadership in places and he's got, he's got ability that, that obviously is very unique. And he's got a creative approach to, the game and also his professional approach as well and the way he deals with people. But, you know, as you mentioned, dedication's never been an issue with him. Mm-hmm. And I think, but there, there is, there is a change. And I don't know if you've been able to watch the Tom Brady um, special that's out right now, but I think one of the cool things that that one has, that, that that special has done that the Jordan special did not is Tom talks about how he had to change his approach with how his life changed when he became a big-time player in the NFL. Not when he was a a starter, but when he became famous, things changed. And there is a skill to that, and there is a professional approach to that. And as you have a family, those things change as well. And there is a skill set to how you deal with those things emotionally and then also compartmentalizing things and being organized with your time. And you reference time, and Major League Baseball players – and NBA players probably have it worse than anyone, to mm-hmm. be fair. But w- when you're in the NFL, you know, these guys, they stay in a hotel on Saturday nights, whether they're on the road or at home. And that's mm-hmm. not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But you're married, I'm married. Like, I don't that, – that is a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, being gone. Um, let's just start with that. Yeah. And, then, and then let's start with what's required from you. And what's required is when you're at the facility. And those things, sh- you should be doing those things. The team obligations – are important. And being a leader means that you're not just there at the time that you need to be. You need to be there to affect the culture of the organization in a positive way. You need to be there early and stay late. And it's not just Patrick. I'm not speaking about him necessarily, but I'm talking about the duties of an NFL player and a professional athlete. So these guys, not only do they have to take care of their mental preparation and knowing what to do in the game, they've got to make sure that they help, and that they're organized with things outside of that time. And so being organized is important. And the physical preparation is a huge piece too. There's not an NFL player out there that doesn't have maintenance on their body equivalent to a motorcycle or a jet ski. Those mm-hmm. things are always broken. And it's not that these people are broken, but you, you need proactive maintenance. And there's a lot for everyone. Um, and all these guys have things that in the NFL have things that have been effective for them over many many years and they have to keep those things up and then you have people like Rick Burkhalter and, and, and the staff that's great Julie Freymeyer and other people inside mm-hmm. that organization and Barry and the strength staff and the players need to meet their requirements and have good communication with them on what works and that's an important piece yep. and that's a piece that they have to nail regardless if they have someone like myself that is has a friendly relationship with the organization or is on the outside or, or whatever those things are important and as a leader and as a player, you have to nail those things too. So I think it can be difficult. I mean, the amount of time these guys put in, it's not like a normal job. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I keep circling back to the family thing, but a lot of, a lot of people think they want to be married to a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. And then when you're married to a pro athlete, um, there are things that you give up. Or if you're married to a staff member of an organization, yeah. there are things that you give up in exchange for that lifestyle and that financial gain. And and they are they're real things.
1: Yeah. That that's the biggest piece that's hard to explain to people that just look at it from the outside saying they make a lot of money, everything else is okay. Right. And not knowing that it's all relative. You know, yeah. like you still have those same things that you're fighting. Everybody's going through something is 100%. kind of the, the line. And the it's funny you brought it up and I, I don't feel like I'm, you know, breaking any anything here, but I remember hearing a story, um, I was talking with Alan Wright in the equipment room and he was talking about an interaction that Joe Montana had with Patrick. And it was similar. I've had a couple of these just kind of moments where I felt like I was able to hear a story that was very real. Uh, For example, like Travis Kelsey, uh, I met with him, this was 2015. It was the radio row in Houston before the 28-3 Patriots, uh, Falcons, Bowl. I always remember that. But Kelsey was doing the rounds on radio row and I was asking him, you know, at what point did things click for you? And he was talking about how he was being mentored. Tony Gonzalez was a guy that he was talking to, and Tony was telling him that he learned too late in his career that he had a voice that he could step up and, yeah. and kind of put people in their place, even though he may be younger than a lot of these guys or not feel like he had that standing. And Travis told me that the moment that everything clicked for him is when his teammates voted him a captain for the playoffs that year. He goes, that's when everything changed for me when I realized, like, okay, I do have a voice here. I can right. stand and say something. And that Tony was the one telling him like, don't wait till it's too late. Cause then you're going to feel like, man, we had some really good opportunities with some good teams to do something special. What if I would have said a little bit more? What if I would have put somebody in their place, even though I didn't feel like it was my place to do that. But the story with Patrick was Joe Montana talking to Patrick about learning to say no. people, which is kind of similar to what you're doing in that you can get pulled in so many directions. I won't pretend to know all the different directions that he was pulled, but just from my experience, knowing how many asks there are of anyone, let alone a player of his caliber, that learning how to maneuver and politely and have it kind of being asked to do all of these different things but the ability to say no or to keep the main thing the main thing training keeping the mental side which I think is kind of what you were alluding to with the Tom Brady stuff is kind of learning how to communicate and how to, to handle yourself by still being a positive member and doing all these things but you can't be everything for everyone and I feel like Patrick has handled that as well as anybody possibly could for a player that no one could possibly understand in today's day and age. One thing, former players, they didn't have to go through this now with social media and all the stuff that that professional athletes have to go through right now.
2: There's no question that you're nailing, you're nailing it on the head. I think I think one of the things that is interesting, and Tom alluded to this too, and I hate to keep circling back to, the, to him, but you know, he said he was exhausted after his third, I believe, his fourth year in the NFL because of his obligations and it just happened no one was doing anything wrong Mm -hmm. it just happened and it came across uh, he he recognized that it was affecting him physically and i think that those things are difficult and you know there's there's no real training for that and but there's people you can talk to like a joe montana some of these people they can give advice and then you think about leadership and leadership is so specific it's got to be authentic and you think about authentic leadership it's got to be something that is truly from your personality and from where you come from you cannot just carbon copy someone's leadership if you do it won't work and so think about these unique personalities within the chiefs and other organizations and and, and even with people I work with it it looks different Mm -hmm. with every single person and it has to be okay for them to to express that the the way that, that is appropriate through their personality and so uh, those are some good points and it, it definitely is something to think about that it's just it's just different than being a vocal guy, right? It's yeah. it's something that you have to you have to consciously do and develop the skill set for.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing that I mean, you already knew this, but it was obvious from the beginning when, when Patrick came in and so much was made about Patrick and Alex Smith and I've told this story about a hundred times that I think it was probably the second or third day of camp, Patrick's rookie year and Alex is still there. And I walked by the the cafeteria up in Saint Joe and they were sitting down and I just overheard Alex saying something to the effect of, yeah, there's so much we can do with bunch uh, personnel on the goal line. Like, and that's what they were, and Patrick was, I don't think he had a notebook in front of him, but the way he was sitting, he was just like, you know, Alex was holding court and Patrick was just soaking it all in. So all of those stories about this guy went out of his way to really help. Like, no matter who you talk to, whether it was agent Lee, Matt, whoever, like they all said the same thing. Like Alex was absolutely amazing, but it was also Patrick having that mindset to come in and just, he got it. From the moment that he first stepped in so the success really didn't surprise a lot of people because of the mental way he approached it and I want to transition now because there's another young athlete uh, in Kansas City that you're familiar with that um, hasn't necessarily come onto the scene quite yet the way that Patrick has but in Bobby Witt. Um, one of the top players, if not the top player, in all of minor league baseball right now. Um, I don't know Bobby at all, so I just want to ask: What similarities to people fans of Kansas City, the Royals, Chiefs? What similar similarities are there between Bobby and Patrick? And how excited should Royals fans be about what Bobby's got coming up in in his future here?
2: Well, he's a special talent, and he's also a really fun guy. And um, they have they have some similar personalities, and um, you know, Bobby's got that. You know, with baseball, a lot of, there, there's a lot of tomfoolery going on. So he's he's big on that. Okay, he's very uh, he's very light light hearted, but athletically he's just gifted. I mean, this guy can do things physically that I haven't seen anyone do in either you know the NFL or MLB from a standpoint of training, mm-hmm. the, the physical numbers. Um, he's got a great outlook. He's searching for things to improve, and he's. He's self-critical but but in a healthy way. Uh, in in a way that he's gonna be able to respond and figure out solutions. And um, one of the things I was more impressed with this year was after spring training, naturally, there was a little bit of disappointment. And it wasn't because of his performance, because he had an incredible performance in spring training. It was more or less because of you know, the reality of you're not gonna make the opening day a roster. It's just a thing. You know, you, yep. you deal with it as part of being a professional. And I think when he got down to where they sent him, you know, without divulging too much, he, he basically slid and 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 fell awkwardly on his shoulder, and there wasn't it wasn't a serious thing, but it affected him for a few weeks, and he and he kind of altered his swing, and he went through a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look statistically, you can see it, and you can see when it healed and how he responded. And I thought that was good, but what I was most impressed with was. His disposition during that and how optimistic and positive and staying lighthearted and being staying true to who he is and not letting those things affect his daily approach to life and his daily approach to work and his energy and his effect of his energy towards other people. Mm-hmm. And you see every team he was on this year was phenomenal all the way up. And he played on, I believe, was it two or three teams this year? and he mm-hmm. was, And I think he had a dramatic effect on the way that they approached the game and the energy that they brought. And so that's impressive. I mean, physical skills are one thing. And I've seen Bobby swing a bat 144 miles an hour, um, which is the fastest I've seen. And it, mind you, it is a light bat, but I haven't seen anything close to that. No. Um, and he and he can run, and he can jump, and he can do it with the best of them. I had a high school football coach tell me that he was the best football player that they had ever seen um, as a sophomore in high school. <laughs> so this kid is a special talent. Uh, hopefully, he's going to be he's going to be a pillar here for a long time. I'd be lying if I if I if I didn't say that part of the move to come to Kansas City is because I knew that, that we would have the opportunity to work in our Texas relationship, but then also here. Yep. So that's, that's part of the plan, um, if, they'll, if they'll keep me around.
1: I don't want to put you on the spot to prognosticate where he may end up because there's reports coming out about third base, obviously natural shortstop, second base. But from an athletic profile standpoint, is there anything holding back anywhere where this kid could play?
2: No. The, he could certainly play second, short, third he could play in the outfield he's an incredible talent and he's got skills and he's a learner and the thing about a guy that has that athletic ceiling if you have the athletic ceiling and your approach is is consistently looking towards self-improvement there's not a position that he couldn't play with the type of coaches and teachers that are in the Royals organization that he couldn't pick up within 10 days to two weeks uh, and then be really good out very quickly and so I feel like his outlook is good Um, I have heard through the grapevine uh, that, that he's going to have an opportunity to compete for a job coming out of the spring training. And I'm very confident in Bobby's ability to go take that job. And so whatever job that may be, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on Bobby on that. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: based on your track record, that, that we could all take that to the bank, <laughs> it seems like. Um, and the thing that I think I love that you just said about him the most that I know Coach Reed said this week about Patrick and the way that, and I'll butcher this, but paraphrase, just the way that, players of that caliber deal with failure or struggling and that you kind of admit like, Hey, I, I screwed that up. I struggled when your leaders do that. And they're we always talk about when your leaders are your hardest workers and all those kinds of things. But when they show humility and they show like, Hey, I'm not above criticizing myself. It makes it a lot easier if the the top guy is doing that for himself and everybody else is going to self scout. It's just that, that natural leadership type stuff and hearing Bobby go through it as a young player that has all the expectations. Everybody wants to know how he's doing. You could put that pressure on yourself. Um, Part of baseball is dealing, you know, with failure. And especially at that level, I always go back to Bull Durham. You know, Kevin Costner said, you got to maintain your confidence. They're going to light you up like a Christmas tree and you maintain your confidence. Great movie. Um, But I want to ask about high school athletes in general, because with some of the stuff that I'm doing on the side, I don't have a chance to be around, you know, some of the top high school baseball players in the Kansas City area. And they just, these guys are made different nowadays right. than when I was in high school. I, I've joked with these kids that, you know, I played Division One baseball in high school or in college, but if I was growing up in the Kansas City area, I don't know if I'd make my high school team right now with just right. the amount of talent they have. These kids are all 6'4, throwing like 92 at 15 years old. But, with the specialized training, with the stuff that you do and the education that's out there now and athletes just bigger, stronger, faster now, what does it mean for the next five to 10 years of, of prep sports and, and you play in this space? How do you see it evolving uh, just because the game is becoming so much more advanced at such a younger age um, because of just all the information that's out there for these kids?
2: I think you're on track with, with this question. And I, I think that those those are keen observations and there, there has been a real change. I mean, I... I'm really blessed to, in my professional lifetime, um, have seen whatever it is that we do (laughs) go from something that was more of a hobbyist or whoever the strongest coach on staff is, is in charge of, you know, the weight room to now people understanding that, that human performance is so many different types of areas and that you can improve human performance a thousand different ways and strength and conditioning are just merely two of those areas. Mm -hmm. And it's been incredible, and it's been a privilege to see that. Um, and in my in my career, uh, I've been humbled so many times by the things that we have done incorrectly. And those things have led to uh, finding solutions for people. And I think the curiosity of the professionals uh, that are in this profession have really driven it. And there's a lot of, of people that, that I look up to that have driven that bus. And... I think that it is changing. Now, the one thing that I would say is that injuries have not necessarily gone down the way we would like. Um, And it hasn't, the, the reduction in injuries is not parallel to the improvement in performance. So we have a long way to go there. And just like anything else with more power, everybody knows this in electricity. If you have more power, you have to have more conduction. You have to be able to control it. And I think that that's one of the areas that, that human performance is, is still gaining ground. And I think that we will in the next 10 years gain ground there, but One of the things I I expect to change in the next five years is going away from timing athletes to looking at miles per hour and sustaining miles per hour as far as speed is concerned. Mm -hmm. I think think there's going to be a shift away from what is their max squat to more or less what's their peak power numbers, what percentage of their max do they hit peak power numbers, how quickly can they access that. One of the simplest ways to think about this is if you have a 40-inch vertical jumper, You may have an athlete that jumps a 34 that is actually a more explosive athlete because if he can get to that 34 faster Mm -hmm. or if he can get to his peak power before he gets to that point, then that's more impressive and more applicable to the field, and that's trainable as well. And I think these are things that that have been known for coaches, for sport coaches. For instance, people knew Dennis Rodman was special because he got to the ball faster, but at Mm -hmm. the NBA Combine, he wasn't the highest jumper ever. Mm -hmm. he wasn't even close and but his anticipation his ability to angulate jumps to get off the floor quicker yep anticipate these are athletic traits these are trainable this is part of athletic performance and these are things that get me excited so now you've asked a question now (laughs) that i've kind of now everybody's like this guy's a nerd and you're you're right i'm now we're
1: getting into your getting into your (laughs) pocket
2: this is what I love. So, so these are the things that I am excited about, and, and that doesn't mean you forsake the principles of human performance. Strength yep. is never going to not be important. Mm-hmm. Conditioning is never going to not be important. And some of these, some of the pe- professionals in our field that are in their seventies are still legends and need to be read and need to be listened to and need to be respected. But we have got to continue to be curious and push the envelope on what is possible responsibly. Yeah, and we've got to look at. It look and be creative with these things if we want to continue to move forward. And we also have to close that gap between the, the rate of injuries and performance. We've got to close that gap. Yeah,
1: you you say that, and in the back of my mind, all I can think of is I want to be a fly on the wall as you talk to that old guard of NFL personnel <laughs> guys who are who base so much. And it's not a knock. I don't I don't want to come across the wrong way, but they're so set in being able to compare relatively across years you know with those i'm probably saying stuff and your your anxiety is going up as i'm saying it but just what does that conversation look like over the next five to 10 years when it comes to the nfl scouting combine is where people make a big deal of it but it's not just because of the old numbers it's because you have years of data that you can compare it to now if that's their argument and i'm hearing it from the outside and bits and pieces of it um, but how much of that conversation needs to take place and do you think that the specialized strength, the stuff, the people that you do and where you're coming from, do you feel like that's becoming more widely accepted by some of that old guard that doesn't want to change things because they want to compare things to year over year, if that makes sense?
2: No, first off, I'd like to say that I'm, in, I'm empathetic to their situation. I get it. I respect mm-hmm. it. I do think that it needs to be considered. Their point of view needs to be considered and I think it needs to be something that is taken into account seriously as far as evaluating talent. hmm but I think there's other, there's other marks, and I think that there's general managers out there and there's people out there that are starting to, to realize that there are different factors and different things that you can look at that give you an edge in scouting from a standpoint of human performance projection, mm-hmm. physical projection, uh, positively or negatively, um, and, then, and then player development, for lack of a, a, a more specific term. I think that those things are important in talent ID, And in looking at things like how well do they absorb force, how well do they transmit force? Yes, they run a 4-4, but is this technical model that they have something that's going to allow their body to physically sustain being able to run fast repeatedly? Mm -hmm. These things are important. And if there's not someone that is giving this input inside of organizations, I know for a fact it's being done in some of them, and they're going Mm -hmm. to gain ground. And I think that these things are happening. Um, But we have got to respect these people that came before us in our profession, and we've got to value them, and we've got to listen to them. Now, that doesn't mean we don't bring other things to the table to be considered and, and, and try to get perspective uh, from, those, from those people because I, I, I think it's important. I think sometimes when you throw out principles of human performance or things that have always been done just to do it, mm-hmm. um, you can lose the forest uh, for the trees, and I think that that's a mistake as well.
1: I want to finish up asking you and kind of put you on the spot a little bit. I want a Bobby Witt story okay. that we haven't heard before and it could be a training story, it could be a game that you were at, it could be an interaction, could be a text whatever it is, give us something that gives us a little glimpse of, of Bobby Witt as a person, as an athlete, as a competitor, whatever it is, that stands out to you if somebody asks you, tell me about Bobby Witt. Junior.
2: Ooh, that's tough. Well, since you threw out the junior, I will say something that is, this is kind of funny, um, coincidence. So I was a Rangers fan as a kid. All right, this is definitely not the answer you asked for. This the one you're getting. Let's go. <laughs> so I was a Rangers fan as a kid. And my dad, I have just an incredible father. And he he would do everything to take me, um, you know, to things. And he knew I wanted to meet Bobby Witt. And he drove me to this little, he was doing a signing, right? He mm-hmm. drove me to a Sheraton Hotel in Sherman, Texas to meet Bobby Witt and get an autograph. And what's funny is... I mean, just a few years ago, for him to call my phone and ask me what I thought about his kid, you know, it just, it blew my mind. Now, I know I selfishly just turned this into a story about me.
1: No, absolutely. um, I'm I'm asking you. I'm pulling it out of you. You're not volunteering it.
2: But that that was a, that's been a cool thing for me, selfishly. Um, But then to just to see, to see Bobby and, you know, talking with him, and originally I think he wanted to do some personal training. You know, this is a weird thing. People might think I'm a personal trainer. I'm not. So I just, I basically was like, you know, we don't, I don't do personal training. So you're going to train in the groups and I want to see how you handle it. Like interaction with this is, is a big part of your professional career is going to be how, what, what can you pull out of coaching in a team environment? Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to know like, okay, where's your best players training? Like, that's what I want to be like. And then he asked questions like, you know, what's the best you've ever seen at this? What's the best you've ever seen at this? And we will go after it. So Man, I wish I had better stories about Bobby other than the just like you can't crack him man I can't get him to be upset and <laughs> and I am very skilled at agitating people BJ and so for me not to be able to upset this guy it's 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 hard you can't crack this guy man he's got this little uh kind of like I'm going to I'm going to TP your yard look on his face all the time <laughs> and and you can't really shake it um and then to circle things back you know, kind of in Patrick's world.
1: Yeah, that was the next one. I was, you know, I was leading you to it. I know you got more well, stories for Patrick, but to connect those, Patrick one, to
2: yeah. connect those worlds, right? So Latroy Hawkins coached Bobby, and Latroy is one of Patrick's leaders and mentors. Huh. But he coached him in the ML or in a MLB Futures game this year. Huh. And so those guys uh, text me and was like, "Look what we did. We got on the same. Like they picked each other or whatever. I don't know how that's that." That thing but uh, but you know and then and then one thing that 's cool for me is seeing Bobby and Patrick develop a relationship that was authentic, and you know we kind of you know the Apex thing is a similar like it 's something they have in common, but then to be able to talk and, and create that before Bobby went to spring training before those things, I think that that was really unique and and kind of a cool thing
1: yeah um, I want to ask about this too because it 's not just a relationship with Patrick that obviously you, you trained Brittany and you know yeah. Brittany a long time how bigger discussion, but like the stuff that she's doing with the KC current and yeah. the what stuff that Patrick's doing with sporting KC and the way that they're just investing and just becoming a part of a fabric of Kansas city and really not just being, you know, the King and queen of Kansas city and the way everybody knows them everywhere they go they're, they're they have that life now. Right. Um, but what's it like for you to see Brittany specifically because you trained her soccer for her to be a part of this and to to use her platform to improve Kansas City in that kind of way? Because it's not just Patrick and that you've known Brittany since,
2: you know, didn't you know Brittany first or how did that how did that all happen? No, I knew I knew uh, Patrick first, but Brittany, okay. Brittany trained at APEC and she was an incredible people forget she was a professional athlete. Yeah. I mean, she she set the record for hat tricks, I think, in Division Three soccer. I mean, this—I I, want to say she had like a ten in one year. It was insane. Huh. Um, but you know, she worked hard. She was a girl that was undersized and worked hard in the weight room to put on weight. And I tried to—I tried to break her down so many times. And she—she's one of the toughest athletes that I've ever worked with. Um, I'll never forget. We had to—we had to reduce our training sessions for an hour and a half to an hour. One year because of her work schedule and her college team was coming in and training, and so what I did is I just said, "Look, I will alter her workouts. I will personally, um, I'll be with the team, but I'll just make things more intense with her. Give her no breaks." And she <laughs> was an animal, and she took that on, and she had an incredible senior year, of course, and she worked hard um, inside of our place and then other places, and um, it was it was evident, and she probably led that into a professional career. But um, so so I I knew Patrick first, but but I would say that. Um, what people should know about her is how aggressive and hardworking she is. Mm-hmm. And she's a very disciplined person. And I think that, that a lot of that is very helpful, but, but you can see what she's doing in this community and that she is a go getter. And I don't think she's going to be someone that is going to want to be second best, not, not in the city, not in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that she's going to push that organization. I think it's so cool what they're doing. Um, to be the first place that has a women's only facility in a stadium um, from what they've done to to picking their colors to their logo to their the name of the team it's mm-hmm. been it's been incredible and i'm i'm very happy for her and for them um and then with patrick i mean i think it started with video games for him like <laughs> probably fifa or something but he's he's a soccer fan i mean we we talk soccer sometimes and i i didn't think that'd be the case so uh, he and my brother nerd out on soccer sometimes and and I think it's great. I love it. And I've gotten into it because of that. And I've come to love both those organizations and um that soccer's very much a part of Kansas City. So I'm I'm really excited about the future of both of those yeah, organizations.
1: To see the facility that they're building down by the river for the current like whenever that gets done is going to be a a monument for Kansas City and one of those just pictures of the skyline and you can just visualize how cool some of those pictures are going to look when they get there. Uh, Bobby, I'm going to put, give you one last opportunity to, as the, I'm going to call the king maker of Kansas city, Come the king on. and queen maker of Kansas city. Just uh, what do you want to tell Kansas city sports fans uh, with your unique perspective on a couple of you know the most prominent athletes, the other athletes that you work with and are going to work with, what does the future of, of Kansas City sports look like, and and what makes you so excited? Obviously, to move your family here and be a part of it, but uh, what gets you up in the morning excited about what we could you know foresee uh, in Kansas City sports over the next three, five, seven years?
2: Well, I think you you have two up and coming stars that are that have not reached their potential, and they're they're great people that are dedicated to being their best. They they love the city, they love their organizations, and. Um, it's not going to be perfect all the time and it's it's not even going to be good all the time, but the dedication to improvement and and their approach to the team and their selfless approach to uh, improvement and and who they are I think is going going to prove to be a lot of fun for the next decade or more and so I believe in it enough to move my family up here and I believe in it enough to uh, to, to say that I think that we've got a special thing here with those two guys. And they got to go do the work. And, again, I believe they're going to. So I'm excited.
1: It's a phenomenal time to be a Kansas City sports fan. And uh, we're lucky to have you and your family and get you guys oh, up here nice. because you're going to be a huge part of it, obviously, uh, from behind the scenes <laughs> a little bit. Not trying to take any credit for it, but we'll give you credit uh, for it. And we're also going to give credit and just say an ex- extra special thank you to Holiday Distillery, yes, uh, 360 Vodka, McCormick, whatever you want to call them. They all go by the same name, but we appreciate them for letting us up here. And, again, if you're checking this out and you're in the Kansas City area, come up to Weston. It's about 30 miles what north northwest of kansas city on the missouri side but absolutely phenomenal up here come take a tour um to bring the whole family it's a, it's a really cool place up here but bobby we appreciate you for joining us we'll have you stop back by again Thanks, um but it's gonna be a fun weekend coming off the bye chiefs broncos sunday night uh, should be a good one and we'll have everything for you all covered at kc sports network